Hey there, champ, and welcome back. You're listening to Love, Life, and Legacy, a podcast specifically designed to help you navigate these hypersexualized times and create the life and love of your dreams. And in today's episode, we're going to make it real simple for you. That's right, we're talking about how to make love and sexuality simple instead of complicated, convoluted, and cringeworthy to use another C word. And Sammy and I are just having a nice discussion. We got really deep on this topic and I think it will be really helpful for you to understand where in your life are you adding complication and how can you simplify things so that goodness and everything that you want can flow much more naturally so that you can stop wasting time and energy being somebody that you're not meant to be. So enjoy this episode and I'll see you on the inside. Welcome, welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here for another episode. It's so good to be back with you. It is your wonderful hosts. I am Mr. Sammy Uyama, together with... Sammy's other Uyama, Andrew Love Yama. Andrew Love Yama, a special guest here with us today. Where are you tuning in from? I'm still in Bali, man. The airport's still closed. Uh, I'm happy about that. I've never, I've, I could probably binge watch a lot of trapped on island shows and movies and really relate. I'm just going to watch Castaway. Uh, but this is much better than that because they, they have really nice restaurants and they accept credit cards and have bank machines and I don't have to befriend a ball. Yeah, you've, you've not gone insane and grown your beard out to your belly button and. Well, yes. <laughs> truth be told, I might have. I maybe I'm totally alone, and I just think I'm with my family, and it's like the shining, but on an island, the shineland. Yeah. So hopefully, this is all really reality, and uh, if it is, I'm having the time of my life, and if not, <laughs> I'm crazy well, and having the time of my mind. <laughs> I hope so as well, because that has a lot of implications for for me and everyone else listening in, and what that means for us. If we were, if we really exist. And we're just a figment of your imagination. This is, uh, you guys are like three layers deep of my inception. Okay. You need one of those spinny tops. They'll solve all your problems. Yeah. I, somebody gave me one of those once and uh, I lost it. So I don't know what that oh, well, Not <laughs> very useful in this scenario, is it? Where are you, sir? Where are you? I am in Korea, a different city. Gyeongju, for all of you, Korea aficionados, what's the word? All the people actually know what I'm talking about. I'm at a different city, completely different part of the country. It's like I went from New York City to Mobile, Alabama. That's what you guys can imagine what's going on right now. I don't know if that's a fair comparison. I would say you went from like New York City to Albany. There's still, it's still like the same restaurants. It's just made out of more authentic ingredients in the countryside. Yeah, it's true. You can't, I mean, as a, it takes you probably about five hours to drive end to end from the country. So you can't go too far away. Yeah. Come on. You like upstate New York. Yeah. You guys are waiting for a package, right? Something that cannot be delivered by Amazon. Yeah. The stork. That's, that's what brings that one in. So we're waiting for the stork to arrive. Uh, I need the next three weeks sometime will be a little blue package will be coming in. Hopefully not blue. And uh, <laughs> also this is an intervention, Sammy, that, to break the news to you that it's not a stork. It's a penis in a vagina. And the penis 
coughs into the vagina and the vagina gets a virus known as a baby. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I wish I'd known that sooner. If only there were a podcast that would actually talk about those things and, and yeah. I could learn. <laughs> just hearing it. I just heard it in the locker room. So that's how I know. Well, that's, well welcome to the show, everybody. That's, that's a, as, uh, as smooth as marbles on a rock on on your uncle fernando's rugged beard face that you can (laughs) today guys we're gonna talk about something okay we're gonna talk about simple versus complicated and that's great because a simple way to introduce the show is like hey welcome to the show and this is what we're gonna talk about we went complicated and we got lost and that's fine isn't it interesting andrew because it's 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 pretty universal it's like all 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 truly good things tend to be simple. And when they get complex and convoluted, that's when you start heading just down the spiral and the quality deteriorates just as equally. Yeah. And it's unnecessary. There's like, there's um, sometimes a need to, to be complicated for the sake of status, right? If you think about status, uh, complicated discourse, right? Like when people use fancy vernacular language, a lot of times it's just to sound a certain way that's it's nomenclature mm-hmm. right it's just like i'm gonna use yeah. these words to fit into a certain group but the yeah. what they say is true art is like when an artist really evolves they go from being simple to complicated back to simple when they've really mastered their art form it's like like a painter they use less lines they don't make more lines the the, the better they get it's like how much can i express in fewer lines and mm. there's there's a mastery in the simplicity. And so perhaps there's a need to kind of touch on complicated, but simplicity is where God dwells, it seems. Mm. Like. Another example would be people who use words like vernacular and nomenclature to, uh, <laughs> to describe what they're talking about. That's what we want to talk about in, in terms of love and in terms of sexuality is that um, we're living in a in a way too convoluted you know, version of what love could be. And in my opinion, should be and same with sex. And because of that, we, it's almost unsustainable. I mean, it is basically unsustainable and um, we're seeing the results of having too complex a system in something that should never be like that. So let's get into it. Okay. Let's talk about love. Like Sammy in the, in the areas that you and Igu, your wife, um, feel and express love um do you feel like like love is best when it's like crazy complicated and you have to read into it or like how do you receive love the most like in what way do you feel love and know that oh my wife loves me is it is it a simple transaction or is it a complicated like she has to jump on one foot and spin around and and like wearing yellow ribbons right yeah yeah it's it it sounds cheesy or whatever you want, but like, you know, when for me in my relationship with my wife, when she's, when she listens to me and is really affirming what I say and like what I'm sharing with her, she treats as important. Right? And even if she's not interested in the topic, but because I care about it, she wants to, to listen to be the receptacle, right. For my enthusiasm. Uh, I feel I feel a lot of appreciation for her in, in those instances, and then um, just when she'll like like hugging her, right? That's another thing. I just feel a lot of love for her, and yeah, I, th- I think it is really these really simple expressions of love that are the most meaningful. Well, here's a follow up question: Is uh, 
was it always simple to understand what you needed to feel loved? Or was that a process? Because you guys have been married for quite some time, right? Was it like it kind of like all your feelings were complicated in the beginning, but now that you've worked them out, they become more simple so she can know, oh, I need to listen to Sammy so that he feels loved. And then you say, I want to be listened to so I can feel loved. And it's the transactions, is it simpler now because you've worked on it? I guess mm, that's a great, that is a great question. Um, I think it's simpler because uh, I don't know if working on making it simpler or just understanding each one another and understanding ourselves better simplifies it. Maybe that's more accurate. Uh, okay. like, yeah, there, there was, there was a time when we, when we would argue about that, like, Oh, you don't appreciate me. And, and then we'd always make it. So that's, I think it's another sign Com- like arguing arguments are about complication, right? It, it, when you get, so when you get really into the, 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 the specifics of like, you know, when you said this, then you looked that, you know, I didn't way, like the way you looked or the way, uh, uh, the, the tone you're, and when you focus on those things, all those complications, and that's how our arguments would be, or our spats, what do you want to call them about? Okay. You're not appreciating me. It's when, you know, I would, you know, and then she's like, what do you want? And, and then we'd also get into so detailed about our demands from one another about like, if you do this and under this circumstances, and then you're able to listen to me and appreciate me then. And then if you, everything lines up perfectly, then I'll know that you love me and that you appreciate me. Well, it's funny because it seems like we don't want to be simple. Even the word simple as when, when describing a person is, is an insult, right? You're like, oh, he's simple, meaning stupid, right? Right. But in fact, it, you know, it's <laughs> when you have any type of coach or therapist or mentor who can break down what you're experiencing at any given time, it's actually quite simple. It's like, oh, you're frustrated because you're feeling misunderstood. And you're like, no, well, yes. No, yeah. it's more complicated than that. It's like, no, it's not more complicated than that. You have some basic unmet emotions that you're not able to understand because your mind is racing around in, in all sorts of like weird jumpy jumpy loop de loops. Yeah, it's never actually about the situation, right? The situation is just that thing that's situation, and then it's like underneath that, like everything, all yeah. the connotations to do with it, which could yeah, be that. Just like the base core elements of what you need are very simple. It's mm-hmm. peppered like like alchemy, right? Alchemy is like the extraction of gold and getting rid of all the the nonsense and that nonsense makes the gold less pure and in many cases unusable people don't even recognize that there's gold in places that alchemists do right so alchemists can make gold out of things that other people think is just dirt or rocks or whatever right and they find the gold and the gold in its purest form is very quite simple it's just one metallic element. And I guess that's that's like a good mentor or coach or therapist can do that too, is just point out the fact that you have a bunch of unnecessary, complicated junk that's making the gold that's in you like uh, separated and and unattached. And when they can just sort out all the garbage and just leave the gold uh, then you, it's very simple, <laughs> right? For lack, lack of a better analogy, like that's, that's essentially, we have gold in us and the stuff that prevents us from being that gold and feeling that gold is just distracted minds. It's wrong concepts. It's stuff that we've inherited through genealogy, through our lineage or through our environment, through, through people. And then it's really just a matter of um, in cultures like in the East here where you and I are, um, where the elderly are celebrated for their wisdom rather than tucked away in, 
you know, shelters to be avoided because they're gross and old. Um, it seems like the wiser you are, the, the, the simpler your life is. You're just happy just, just to sit down. You're just happy to look at the sky. You don't need an Xbox. And he, like I was talking to one guy last week and he's like, he can't even play video games. He has to ha- play video games while having his, he checks his phone for this thing. And he has another tab open for that thing. It's like, holy crap. He realized when he was saying it, how complicated his joy, his process of deriving joy from any given moment, how many <laughs> factors are involved, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas at our, at our crew, at our like most base form, it's, you know, like the more evolved we are, I think the more you can just find joy just in the fact that you are alive. That's the starting point. Anything mm-hmm. else is just, you know, gravy on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so that's the, hopefully we've convinced you of that simple outweighs complex in just about any area of life. And we want to talk about this specifically with love, which we did on sex. That's like such an important area to bring this concept to and to look at what is simple sex look like versus, you know, complex sex. I think we'll talk about it a little bit, but everyone will recognize it for it. It's kind of like the way people think of sex now. That's it's very complicated. But what's get what gets lost in that complexity, Andrew? And like, well, what does complex sex look like? Let's start with that. Fetishes, kinks—they're um, all taught to us. This is not, you know, it's not something that we're born born with. Is like a desire for S and M or like stuff like that. You know, it's a it's like you know stuff that we've accumulated over time. And what that does is it prevents you from just simply enjoy, again, like the analogy of being an old person, uh, just sitting on a chair, looking out into the world with nothing but gratitude versus, you know, the person who has to have, you know, cell phone, a laptop, uh, they need, you know, all these things in line for them to experience joy. If you, if you put that in the, the realm of sex, it's like, well, just being with your spouse and just loving them for who they are and celebrating them in their entirety and not needing anything of them and just wanting to give. You're just grateful. And it's, and sex becomes the highest form of an exchange of gratitude. Okay. That's simply put, imagine that sex is just the exchange of gratitude from one person to the other. And you don't need anything versus, uh, can you wear this? Can you look like this? Can you act like this? Can you be like this? And that's all, shrinking them and shriveling them down to fit into a very narrow path of what you believe to be um, sexy or, or to, to fit your needs. Right. And that becomes complicated because there are all these twists and turns and jumps that people have to then jump through to satisfy your needs. You, know, you only experience satisfaction or appreciation when every, all the circumstances line up perfectly, right? Like you're, you're the guy you're talking about with the video game now, so you can't just, play video games, got to have this thing open and be listening to that. And the same way, and only under all those elements are there, then he's like, okay, I'm enjoying this. And it's the same thing, the more niche and the more like narrowed down and it's, you're going to experience that a lot less. That's what this one effect, I think. And also like the density of the joy that you experience. So imagine like the little hits of dopamine that you're getting along the way. That's what porn teaches you is it's like a breadcrumb trail of dopamine spikes where you get a little bit excited and then it goes away. So you go to the next and get a little bit excited and it's leading you off a cliff essentially versus um, the surge, the kind of tsunami of joy and connection that you experience 
when things are simple that you're not even aware of when you're just in, in uh, like on the, on the hunting mindset, you have adopt a hunting mindset of going after these little spikes of, okay, I need you to be like this and like this. It's all to satisfy your immediate needs. Whereas, um, you're avoiding the deep need to connect with another person's soul. And when that occurs, it's, um, something that is, is beyond the body. It's like, you know, your soul is, is being satisfied. You're having something that's richer than, than bodily sex. Right. And you simply can't because your mind is too preoccupied when you're trying to just satisfy the body. Like your, your, your mind is just like, it's, it's constantly looking for the next hit, like a, like a drug addict. Right. It's just like totally becomes consumed in the, in the hunting mindset of satisfying this need. Right. And then you, you're totally avoiding all this other stuff. So the nuance of, of like in my case, like my wife, like, um, of letting her know how beautiful she is, right? And how much more receptive she'll be and loving she'll be if she really feels beautiful in my presence. But she won't feel beautiful if I'm telling her that she needs to look like this or act like this because then she's just putting on an act. And she can't feel beautiful if she has to be somebody else for me, yeah? And so this is what we have to do in society, usually at large, is we feel the need to play a role or act to make other people like us because we're afraid of being ourselves. Um, but definitely, definitely that should never be in a marriage and definitely, 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 definitely should not be in the bedroom in a marriage where you have to put on an act because he can't love freely. You're loving, you pretend in a pretend way or very in a limited way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's another thing that is fundamental definition of something that's conditional, yeah. right? Is that like all, you know, you f- check all these boxes. So I love you or I, I want to have sex with you. Right. Yeah. And that's a, that's a really tough thing. I mean, I just saw a, a video of a lady talking about the advent of cellulite, the cellulite industry It happened in the seventies. Whereas before that cellulite wasn't, wasn't really a thing. Like women had it, especially men and women get it right. But women weren't so conditioned to believe that it's this evil that needs to be, you know, eliminated from their bodies. It was just a part of life. Right. And ever since Vogue magazine and all that started really accentuating the need to get rid of this thing, it it caused women to really have this mental continuous tormenting of, I need to get rid of cellulite in order to be attractive, right? And then the more that men reiterate that point, the more that women don't feel beautiful just the way they are, right? So it takes a great feat of effort to simplify stuff is to really, again, I like that definition and I came up with it, but it's not mine. I would say it came to me, not from me. Uh, that that true sex is just the exchange of gratitude from one person to the other. And that means w- even as you age, that you celebrate the other person's body. Because there's that thing from the principle that says that what you love becomes beautiful, Right. Mm-hmm. And so, and what you criticize conversely would also become ugly to you mm-hmm. because all you are seeing are the faults. You're focusing on the faults, but the more that you are simply celebrating the other person and loving them, then they become more beautiful to you and to themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's like a huge departure from everything that we're conditioned to from a very young age. Right. And you live mm-hmm. in Korea where I remember talking to a girl who said that, the main high school graduation gift for for her and all of her friends was a nose job. Right. Is that, is that true? (laughs) Yeah. Korea is, 
quite a few Asian countries, actually. They're very into plastic surgery. It's a it's not even, I mean, America, at least you try to like hide it, right? It's like, did you, did you get some work done? You're like, no, nah, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no, here they're very, they're very casual about it. And it's very, very normal. So that, that, that whole thing is like, um, imagine how simple that is where, where if sex could just be you, you're together with your soulmate. And you just show them appreciation with your mouth, with your words, you know, through touch, through all of your senses. Your five senses are focused on showing gratitude to the other. And lovemaking is the exchange of two people saying, thank you. I love you. You're the greatest. How beautiful that is. And then that nothing else matters. What you wear, what you look like, it doesn't, it's, it's all, it's all thank you for everything mm-hmm. versus Again, you know, I don't know. The lighting has to be like this. We need this kind of music. You know, blah, blah, we got to use this position. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to yeah. be like this. And then the person, especially if they're not comfortable or even if they really love the other person or just trying to make them happy, they're not being loved because they're they're giving love, but they're not they're not being loved because it's not based on them. It's based on them playing a role to fit mm-hmm. that person's fantasy. I love everything that you just said. I'm just, I'm stuck on one thing. Can you, can you reiterate how to use your mouth to express love for, for your spouse? I'm, I'm not sure what you mean by that. There are, there are single people here. I meant it to say words, but yes, of course, mouth is part of lovemaking. So if you're married, if you're blessed, figure it out. But that's, that's the point is that, um, and what we want to express is that you know, I, I see people, we've helped a lot of people, you know, go from, you know, being pornified to just simplifying things and loving their spouse. And it just brings you such richer and deeper and more lasting joy when you can just be yourself and you can just celebrate the person that you've chosen to be with. Um, and the more that you try to force somebody to be, like say your spouse, you, the more that you try to force your spouse to be somebody else, the more that you're both going to end up miserable because that's the most unnatural thing that somebody can do and be is change who they are for your sake, for your benefit. You'll never be able to sustain happiness that way. Yeah. But also even on both ways, right? The more, the more you feel like you need to be something else, that'll just deteriorate your potential, your satisfaction that you can have. And so even on your own self work on how can I simplify my own view of myself or my, how I, how I perceive myself or how I relate to other people and just, yeah. yeah. And there's, I think there's a big difference there between the standards that are imposed upon us. So you have to look like this because this model Mm -hmm. or whatever looks, looks that way versus the standards that you impose for yourself. Because I'm out here and I'm surrounded by farmers, most of which like you know, to be honest, a lot of these older farmers, they, they don't have all their teeth and, but they are the happiest people you've ever seen. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm in an Island in the South Pacific. Right. And, uh, and it causes me to not feel so self-conscious. Like when I lived in LA, you're always self-conscious because you're around all these, you know, crazy good looking people. And you're like, Oh, what do I look like in contrast to them? But out here, but at the same time, my wife and I are doing yoga every night because we want to stay in shape, not for anybody else, but for ourselves. So there's like, I just mm-hmm. wanted to clarify that too, that, that it doesn't mean that you just let yourself go and stop caring about what you look like, but it stops being something that is 
comparison based where you're comparing yourself to other people and more just setting your standards for the ideal person that you would like to embody. That's yeah. a very different energy there. It's a very different energy. Absolutely. I think it, that specifically is tied to, to dignity. I think that's, that's from my, wow, mm. it makes sense for me. Just something, you know, letting yourself go and just eating junk food all the time. It really lowers your, your, the dignity that you have for yourself. Right. Sure. Versus treating yourself as I'm someone that's worth taking care of. And it's worth for me to take care of myself and to eat healthy and to, you know, shave and to take a shower <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's important too, because, um, you know, as, as you age, you, you do want to still take care of yourself, but you also, it's like, how much do you just want to age the way that you age and how much do you want to be forever 21? Cause I used to, I had a mall business, right? The portal launches, I, I followed them and I hate malls, but I ended up being in a mall for months right next to a forever 21. Mm -hmm. And I would see all these women in their fifties going into this ironically named store. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it was, it was sad because a lot of them were dressing like they were teenagers. And I was like, who, who's, if it's just for them, great, whatever. I don't want to judge them. But if, if they really felt the need to forever be 20, you're not forever 21, you're 50 and that's okay. It's not a disease. Age is not a disease. You know, mm -hmm. it's okay to dress the way a 50 year old dresses, whatever that means. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really important because it gets into people's heads and you have to kind of decide, uh, uh, you know, cause that it, uh, the reason I bring it up is it comes into the bedroom for sure. And it comes into how you, interact with your spouse and how comfortable you are with your aging, you know, mm. and even say in our church culture, Sammy, uh, you know, I talk to people who are in their thirties who feel bad that they're not married yet because typically people in our church culture get blessed and married at an early age. Right. Um, and some other people don't. And so all this stuff, it factors into your, to your simple versus complex. And the, the first step I guess would be to get to know yourself and your own standards versus the standards that you feel are imposed upon you mm -hmm. and looking at that, because that's, that's really important because fitting into other people's standards is a forever losing battle. You can never win that game. Here, here. Sounds pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else? Did, I mean, just uh, you haven't really spoken on your view on complexity within sex. Like, what? what is that? How does that show up for you? Like, and, and you growing up, learning all the things you did from porn versus getting married and like what concepts did porn make overly complicated and what did being married to somebody who loves you and that you love, how did, how did that get simplified over the, over time? Uh, for the most part, we've covered a lot of what I've, I've mentioned little things. We've talked about things like kinks and things like that, that those, you know, just melt away. Um, okay. One other thing would be porn. They, the way they glamorize sex is the variety of it. Right. And the, all these different positions and all these different types of people. And whereas what I enjoy about sex with my wife is it's very like literally very simple. It's just like me and her. Right. And, um, it's more like investing in, in mastering the process of having sex with her and mm. making her making it the best possible for her. Right. Yeah. Rather than just like done and going to the next thing. And right. 
I think that's how amateurs, they, they treat things. They have a little ADD when it comes to their, the process, right? Whereas a master really hones their craft. Sure. Um, but also for us, like positions, it, I've found there's not a need or a demand for the Kama Sutra of sexual positions <laughs> and then the need to try every different variation. They just, uh, once you, hand, once you, you know, you master a few basic poses and, and they, they serve different purposes. So it's not just for variety, but, um, just like the way they feel is different. And so it's just, in that sense, it's enough. Um, and so we're, we're happy with that. And even within that, we're still hitting new milestones. Like, uh, we use a, a one to 10 rating system and, you know, there are times when we, I, I don't, it's my wife, it's, it's not what I've experienced. It's like, you know, I asked her, how was it? And we've hit some 12s and some, we hit a, you know, we've hit a 14 before out of a one out to 10, 10, out of one to 10 wow. scale. You know what I'm saying? So even it's possible to have really profound, amazing sexual experiences within this simplified bubble of just, uh, sure. me, you, like myself, and my wife, just two people who become very familiar with each other just a handful of positions and just really intimately um, knowing each other. So in all senses, like spiritually, emotionally, just feeling a lot of trust and connection physically, even just knowing what um, each one likes. And I, I think that's a, a relationship worth investing in for a lifetime. <laughs> <I'd say so. laughs> to me, 14 out of 10 would mean that you both open your eyes when it's all said and done. And, and the walls that like in, of the building that you were in, how are they're no longer there? You've somehow <laughs> broken the stratosphere. You're in a different plane of existence. Um, but that is, that is very true. Cause like the more that you disassociate your mind and your, your heart and spirit from the, the physical act of sex, um, the more that you need kink, right? You mm -hmm. need novelty. Whereas like what type of position do you need in order to connect spiritually? There's no such thing. Mm -hmm. And artistically through your hearts, there's no such thing. It's just how does, how do you, how do you express love in the, the purest way for your couple? That's, that's very beautiful. And it's like a vessel, right? You just plug it in, <laughs> plug it into each other. <laughs> downloading, yeah. downloading. She, we are the receptacles of God. I am the receptacle yes. of God. She's the receptacle of Sammy. Is that, I really like that definition. It, it seems I've been, I've been mulling it over since you first mentioned it and checks off all the boxes for me. I, I think it's a really good understanding of real heavenly intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's just unique to that couple and however they express gratitude. Um, and like there's the love languages and all that, right? So there's, it, it can be very simple. So we just wanted to make this episode because, you know, this bleeds into, to all areas of our life, but it really starts with, with our sexuality. Like everything, it's like all roads lead back to sex, hmm. you know, to say something somewhat controversial, but if you've been listening this far, you're not the type of hater that's going to try to assassinate me for saying it, but it, it also goes into sexual orientation, right? And we know people, we've had people on this podcast that have changed their sexual orientation based on a clear desire for a simply expressed vision for their life, right? Mm -hmm. And they realize that if they were to follow their genitals, 
in terms of sex, that it would lead to a vastly and endlessly complicated mess. Whereas they were following their heart and their spirit and things all of a sudden got much more simple. Right. So, um, that's really important too, because you know, the, Oh, I need, I need tattooed redheads and all this stuff. That's all nonsense. It's all Mm -hmm. made up. It's all cultural inheritance that Mm -hmm. can be shed with time. So ladies and gentlemen, look at in your life, where are things getting complicated? You know, how can you simplify them? And we strongly just looking at all different areas of life, we are really convinced that simple in all in all ways is the best, especially in sex. Absolutely. Yeah. And think about that, that it's a process too. And um, I do believe that, you know, it goes from simple to complex back to simple. And that that's the joy um, of, of life is, you know, I'm sure wherever you're at, you've inherited a bunch of complex stuff and the the joy is the process of simplifying things. And the more that you can make things simple, the more that you can just be there and enjoy them. Um, and it seems like honestly, spirituality, self-help, um, just everything's gearing towards joy is experienced when you can be fully present and you cannot be fully present anywhere. If your mind is all over the place, if your heart is all over the place, if your spirit is being impacted by all sorts of environmental stuff. So complexity is the enemy of simplicity and simplicity is the home of God. That's, that's, Mm. that's my view. There is your Instagram quote of the day, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll tune in with you guys next time. And you will tune in to us next time, hopefully. Yes, I'll, I'll get it one day. I'll get it right. All right. Take care. Hello, everybody. Andrew Love here for one last announcement, and that is... I encourage you to join our newsletter. We don't spam people. We give you the goods. We give you good quality information once a week in your email. And so we send out newsletters probably Saturdays mid-morning on average. And these are filled with blogs, the latest content, everything you need to know in order to get through your week with high noon light. So let us light up your inbox. Join our newsletter by going to highnoon.org. It's all right there. It's super easy. We won't spam you. We just want to let you stay connected to this High Noon Providence. So go to highnoon.org and sign up for our newsletter.